Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Hello, Miss Mary. Hi, Jillian. It's so good to see you. (laughs) You know, it's so good to see you. Yeah, your background is looking phenomenal. Well, okay, I'll tell you my dilemma. Okay. So, you know I live with an almost three-year-old. Yes. Who sounds like a herd of elephants. (laughs) So, my studio, studio, is going to be moving around the house based on where he's at. Okay. So this is another little corner of the basement. Last week I was in another little corner. So by the end of this, you're going to see the entire house, hopefully not the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Although I bet it would have good acoustics. It might, and it might actually be where you need to go. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, I was thinking about the gifts of imperfection Mm -hmm. and how imperfect my technical savvy is I've disclosed that it's the one thing I'm really vulnerable about yes (laughs) but I'm telling you it's I'm I'm learning as I'm going and you know I'm learning to just take photographs of everything so I remember how uh, to do everything all over again yeah very very smart we don't have to necessarily understand what we're doing we just have to know the steps of what we have to do there you go. There's there there's go. your life tip of the day. Exactly. You don't really need to understand it. Just follow the instructions. <laughs> oh, and take pictures. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you can follow along. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it's so good to be back. And um, we are working through the book, The Gifts of Imperfection. And today I'm going to put uh, Stella on the spot a little bit. Now, uh, listeners and viewers, you may be wondering how Stella drew the short straw today. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we each take our turns, so uh, it'll be me today. I think it was in a moment when you felt super brave and I said, you're going first and you said, okay. (laughs) I think maybe I go first just to get it over with. That's right. Yes. (laughs) And for those listeners and viewers who are new to our podcast and you haven't met Stella yet, uh, Stella is uh, the name of Jillian's lab rat. So (laughs) whenever I try to experiment on her, Stella comes out. (laughs) This is true. So Stella is here. She's alert. She's ready to go. That's right. And you know what? We're real time. As I've said before, we're processing our own lives. So this is not scripted uh, (laughs) at all. We have a little bit of an idea of where we're going. (laughs) Okay. Those of you who are just listening, if you want to see Jillian's face, facial expressions, it's well (laughs) worth it to go on our YouTube channel. It's Stella's face. She's very expressive. Okay. Your little lab rat teeth coming out. You know that labs laugh, uh, like lab rats laugh too, yes, you know. Yes, that's true. When they're tickled. So yes. if somebody wants to tickle me, I'll, I'll giggle. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so, okay, so let's get going. Enough uh, digressing. Uh, you, you're so gifted at that. Um, but we're going to be talking about Brene's Brown, uh, Brene Brown's book, um, The Gift of, Gifts of Imperfection on the chapter, Exploring the Power of Love, Belonging, and Being Enough. So in the book, if you've started to look through it, she's got these guideposts that kind of walk you through 
the gifts of imperfection. But before we kind of get to the guidepost, she's got some background stuff where she talks about the importance of love and belonging. And it's something I've been sort of thinking about for a, a while, uh, even before I read this, because I've recognized so much of my life has been about what she calls just trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. And she differentiates uh, belonging from fitting in. Um, so when I just sort of throw those words at you, Jillian, like how are you responding to that? Belonging versus fitting in. Yeah, um, I don't resonate with uh, fitting in as much as I long for the belonging. Mm-hmm. I think that's called why it's called belonging. Yeah. Um, belonging for me is a sense of safety, um, being understood, mm. um, showing up, mm-hmm. you know, with with who I am. Yeah. Fitting in seems so fake. Yeah. It seems so um, calculated and fashionable, mm-hmm. trendy. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'd rather belong mm. than fit in. Yeah. Yeah. Part of what got me thinking about it before I even read this chapter, uh, I was chatting with a young leader and she happens to be, uh, of course, female, uh, but also Asian and Christian. So the three, the trifecta of those three Mm -hmm. has led to her um, to kind of put herself in a box. And she on the Enneagram is a all three assertive stances, seven, eight, three. So she is bold, mega, like created to really show up. Yeah, Uh, that's a power, power combination. A hugely powerful combination, a leadership uh, profile. And yet when she was presenting, she was coming across as almost very meek and mild and soft. And I was like, What happened? And so we got talking about this whole thing about trying to fit in. And from an early age, she got the message that her big personality needed to shut down, that her opinions needed to be quiet down. All these things that are actually holding her back Mm -hmm. from being her true self and to pursue her calling. And then we got talking about that, like that fitting in isn't what we're called to do. Nope. Uh, and it actually doesn't even meet the longings of our soul, which is, as you just described beautifully, is belonging. And Brene Brown has a really great uh, definition of um, love and belonging. Um, <laughs> she, she, she just kind of puts it really well. So she talked about some research she has done um, about when people feel a deep sense of love and belonging. And the one thing is the belief in their worthiness. And it's as simple and complicated as this. So she says, if we want to fully experience love and belonging, we must believe that we are worthy of love and belonging. And when we can let go of what other people think and own our story, we gain access to our worthiness. The feeling that we are enough just as we are, and we are worthy of love and belonging. And this is a little bit more of what fitting in is more like. Um, When we spend a lifetime trying to distance ourselves from the parts of our lives that don't fit with who we think we're supposed to be, we stand outside of our story and hustle for our worthiness by constantly performing, perfecting, pleasing, and proving. And our sense of worthiness, that critically important piece that gives us access to love and belonging lives inside of our story. Wow. Right? Yeah, and the whole fitting in thing, it's so fickle, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Like, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it's like always striving, always 
trying to prove ourselves and knowing yeah. that we're just one step shy of being rejected or um, like failing yeah. to measure up to whatever that standard is supposed to be. So, yeah, it's, I, I, that's such, I mean, I'm so glad that she made the differentiation between the two mm-hmm. because I think sometimes that gets so fuzzy, this whole idea that the only time we belong is when we fit in. And mm-hmm. that's just not, that's just not true. Right, right. I mean, if the two of them go together, it's great, mm-hmm. but they don't have to go together. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, Stella, what messages did you get growing up Yeah, that made you have to shapeshift to fit in? Oh, goodness. I mean, quite a few, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one that really stands out and that has resonated throughout my lifetime, mm-hmm. uh, I've shared it before. Um, when I was about nine, mm-hmm. uh, my grandmother lived with us and I was, as the Irish would say, prattling on, which means you're just talking all the time. Yes. And um, I was a real chatterbox at home in my safe place. I was quite shy everywhere else. Mm. So I was prattling on and my grandmother uh, said to me, you know, no one really cares what you have to say. And it just, I remember it distinctly. Mm. I remember, you know, how you remember all the things around you like it's frozen in time. Yeah. So I remember the snapshot of that moment. Mm. And shortly after that, I was in elementary school and we were lined up at the classroom door. We were heading down to the music room Mm -hmm. and the boy that I had a crush on uh, was beside me and turned to me and said, you have a voice like a boy's. Uh, You know, when you're like nine, 10, that's crushing. Of course. It truly is. Especially from a boy that you like. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I was in university, I worked in a bank and uh, I was serving a customer and this man said to me, wow, you have a voice like a man's. So, you know, these are three separate incidents. Mm -hmm. However, they piggybacked on one another. Mm -hmm. And so what message I received from that was there's something like unfeminine about you. Uh, there's something maybe harsh or different about you. Mm. Uh, there's something that doesn't fit in about mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's been such a issue for me because I love to talk. Yeah. Um, I, I love you know, hearing you talk. I and love your voice. You know, in between high school and university, I joined a theater company. We traveled the United States. I love the performance piece. I love spoken word. Mm. So I've always been in this push-pull between these messages that I received and my interpretations of those right? and sort of how it's affected me and what I love to do. Right. And what you're called to do. Because anyone who has spent any time getting to know you and getting to be in your presence loves your voice and the words that you have to say, your encouragement, your humor. I mean, there's just so much. Like, I'm just imagining you as that little girl girl prattling away. And I wish I was there because I would have been laughing along with you, you know, just enjoying your energy and all that you had to say. And, you know, you have the gift of saying a lot and like saying nothing, but actually saying a lot. (laughs) 
that makes sense. <laughs> She's not sure if that's a compliment. It is because you, what, you, you, <laughs> you can take like some little observation that might've been meaningless to me. And then once you start talking about it, all of a sudden I'm engaged and I'm tuning in and I'm, I'm getting little gems of wisdom from it. You know, and so it seems like you're saying not a lot, but actually you're saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. So it saddens me to hear that. And, it, yeah. and, and I can see having been friends with you for such a long time, how much that has held you back and how and you've tried is, to just you know, fit into what you thought you perceived it was supposed to be. Right. And I mean, you can imagine <laughs> I've been playing back the podcasts um, in our previous two oh, seasons yes. in order to do the notes. Mm-hmm. And I just cringe every time I hear my voice, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just, uh, yes. because somehow I've interpreted that there is something wrong. Mm-hmm. So I haven't enjoyed the sound of my own voice. Right. And I know that's true of a lot of people too. I mean, I'm not the only one in that boat. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that it has done is it caused me to do the woulda, coulda, shoulda mm-hmm. after I've done any public speaking or presenting. Right. Um, and I've tried to, you know, I'm sure when I was around nine or 10, I tried to, uh, pretty up my voice to be more feminine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's, that's like putting lipstick on a pig. It doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't quite like that analogy of lipstick on a pig. <laughs> and also on a completely digressive side note, I get so angry when I encounter people's perceptions of what is feminine and masculine. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, who says? Exactly. Right. And it has And been that so goes cultural. back to that fitting in piece, right? Yes. Like the fitting in has rules around it. Mm-hmm. It has uh, hard hard and fast lines of right. what fits in with a gender or not. Right. Uh, and, you know, so, and it's based on rules or values that other people impose on you, which exactly. by the way, when people are fighting to say that those are the values that you need to fit into, I think it speaks more to their insecurities than it does about you as a person. Oh, I think that's true too. Yeah. Yeah, so Brene says, uh, fitting in, how she describes it, it actually gets in the way of belonging. Because fitting in is about, like, you go into a situation, you assess it, you suss it out, and you become whoever you need to be to be accepted. Because it's about acceptance. But then, like, you're one value away, one conversation away from being accepted. And belonging, on the other hand, doesn't require us to change who we are. It requires us actually to be who we are. Oh, I just love that. And I do like your expression of shape-shifting, mm-hmm. this kind of chameleon-like thing that you're just, what wherever you are, you kind of meld with everything else and what the expectations are. How can you actually like be genuine when you're doing that all the time. And it's right. so exhausting. It is very much exhausting. And the other thing is you can't actually be present in the no. relationship or the conversation because you always have to step back and evaluate. What do they think about me? How are they evaluating me? Am yeah. I fitting in? Do they like me? And th- that internal dialogue, which by the way, is so driven by shame, mm. which we'll talk about uh, next episode even more. Um, but it's also driven by the inner critic in us that tells Absolutely. us that no matter what, we'll never measure up. Yeah. So with all that noise going on in our head, how do we even show up and be present? Right? Yeah. And That's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. 
Yeah. And don't we, you know, part of belonging is to be loved for who we are. Well, how are people going to love us for who we are if we're not showing up in our authenticity and transparency and vulnerability? Hmm. Right? Yeah. And I mean, the safest places and the place that I feel most myself are my relationships where I truly belong. And I know that, you know, I know that I'm not being judged. Mm-hmm. I know that I can be funny and be witty and I don't have to filter necessarily in order for the group. Yeah. Um, I can I can just be not talkative. Like, you know, when you and I are together, we spend quite a bit of time where we're not even talking. We're just mm-hmm. sitting with each other, yeah. doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. And that's part of belonging is the safety to do that too. Right. Yeah, because we don't have to prove ourselves to each no. other. Yeah, it is true. Um, Brene describes love is when we allow our most vulnerable and powerful selves to be deeply seen and known. And so from like the, when I was doing my um, um, manifesto and I said, I feel seen, um, it's connecting for me that I, well, I was definitely feeling your love. Mm. Um, but also for me as a, you know, person of faith, I was feeling God's love in all of that as well. Mm. So like we need to show up vulnerable to be loved. And, we do. and so, you know, I love that. And belonging is that when we are showing up as our true yeah. selves too. Yeah. So here's a good question for our listeners and viewers. Mm-hmm. Where... Where do you feel like you truly belong? Like, yes. who is it with? What environments? Um, who are the people? Like, name them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you know where you really belong, mm-hmm. then what does it look like when you really belong? Right. Like, who are you when you are truly belonging? Mm-hmm. And then the flip side of that is, where have you felt the lack of that when you've just been trying to fit in right. with a relationship or a group or wherever mm-hmm. it might be, an environment? Mm-hmm. What does that feel like and what does that look like? Right. Because right. I know that one will give you the kind of warm fuzzies mm-hmm. and the other one will have an ick factor to it. Exactly. Yeah. Well, even looking through the Enneagram, the, the centers, um, you know, if you're a body center type, which is nine, eight, one, you know, where do you feel in your body when you're most relaxed and most yeah. not having to defend yourself or protect yourself? Yeah. And then as a heart centered type, two, three, four, when do you feel most uh, loved and accepted and just at peace with um, whoever you're with? and not having to perform. And as a head center type, which is five, six, seven, you know, when do you feel most understood? You don't have to defend yourself. You don't have to explain yourself. You just feel understood, right? Yeah, and along with that too, I would say that where do you feel that you are enough with the the head center? Mm -hmm. Because often the head centers is always thinking, do, am I, am I, uh, intelligent enough? enough? Yeah. Am I articulating enough? Do I have enough information about this? Have I thought this through? Mm-hmm. So where do you feel like you can just show up and mm-hmm. not have to prove your intellect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if those questions, um, as you listen, 
are making you feel sadness because you're recognizing that you don't have enough of that in your life, um, can I ask you to please have compassion for yourself um, and to recognize that that's your soul's invitation to seek out that you what whatever you long for, that belonging, that sense of belonging. And that as you let yourself feel the pain, it isn't so that you go down the road that, oh, there's something wrong with me. I'm never going to belong. Why don't I have those kinds of friends in my life? But again, as an invitation from your soul, that it's something that is a legitimate human uh, longing. And that as that longing has been implanted in you, you can be brave and you can begin to pursue that in your life. Yeah. And it may be that you're going to have to do uh, some risking. Uh, it may be that you're going to have to do some healing if there's some significant trauma in your life. Um, but, you know, like pay attention to that longing and don't put it aside. It's such an important part of your humanity, but also of your fullness of who you are. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. And I think that I think that I know a lot of women who struggle to belong Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's a lot of it comes out of sort of the early wounds in elementary school where there was a lot of trying to fit in mm-hmm. and a lot of shame when you know they couldn't fit in or fear that they couldn't fit in, mm-hmm. whether it was like the athletic group or the artsy mm-hmm. group or the mm-hmm. intellectual group or mm-hmm. you know yeah. the the pretty group, whatever it might be. Exactly. And it's so difficult to sort of, move through some of those scenarios and not take them into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Oh my um, gosh. But yes. I think that, you know, the freedom comes from just, as you said, like laying down some of the gender rules mm. and allowing our femininity to show up in whatever form it comes in. Right. And, I and was whether gonna... that's our voice or the expression of our clothing or the way we wear our hair or makeup or no makeup, it's all Okay. Yeah. And I was also going to add that the reverse is true too, as there are men who do listen to our podcast or tune in, is that I know that, I mean, I have a very dear friend of mine who's male, but prefers to hang out with females, not because there's anything icky about it, but he enjoys that emotive, relational, creative kind of conversations we have. And he doesn't fit into the box of, you know, men talking about sports or digits or, you know, vehicles. And yeah, so, exactly. again, it's like, who is your true self? But I also loved what you said, Jillian, about how um, those messages show up even now into adulthood. So can I ask you, you know, based on you, the experiences that you've had, uh, based on the, the lies that you believed, you know, the early imprinting of those experiences that you shared, how has it affected you today? Like, if you can share something that happened to you today that might help our listeners and our viewers to kind of track with as they think about their past and how it affects them in the current. Yeah. Well, I would say that, I mean, just showing up to do a podcast and be recorded, number one, audio, but also Mm -hmm. video. Uh It has, that's certainly been a big stretch for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's huge because I would normally... um, I would normally have a real problem stepping out with that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when you and I were talking about it, it came out of a place of comfort first. You and I were having these conversations on our own in the car. Like, 
with, and we just one day said we should record ourselves because Mm -hmm. not for anybody else, but just so we could remember the conversation. (laughs) Uh, That's true. That's what it was. Because half the time we'd get home, we were like, you said something really great there. I can't even remember what it was. So, um, but I, it still plays out for sure. I've just, I push through it. Mm. I've learned to push through it. Right. Well, um, I want to share something with our listeners and viewers because I think this might be helpful. Okay. And this comes out of the Freedom Session material. Mm. And I think this is a great exercise worth walking through. Um, he encourages us, this is Ken Dick who developed this material. He encourages us to identify the person who created the hurt. Mm. So for me, it would have been grade five crush boy, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And then what was the cause of the hurt? Mm. Uh, The boy was standing beside me. We were going to choir and I had a crush on him and he crushed me by picking on me by saying I had a voice like a boy's. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the wound. Right. And then he says... um, what was the immediate damage? Well, you could imagine I was so embarrassed. I felt like I wanted to run. Mm-hmm. I felt like I wanted the ground to open up and swallow me. I wanted to be invisible. Mm. Um, I wanted to cry, mm. right? That was the immediate damage, hurt, shame, um, embarrassment. Right. And then the interpretation. What did I interpret that? Well, mm. I'm I'm different. Yeah. Um I'm not like the other girls. Yeah. Uh, there's something wrong with me. Uh, um, why is my voice so different? Mm. Uh, why do I have to be different? Why can't I just sound like all the other girls? Yeah. Um, so you, you can imagine in. unpacking the interpretation. Yeah. And then he asks, what's the ongoing effect? So what is the ongoing effect? Well, I second guess myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I may not take opportunities to speak because... I'm worried about that. Mm-hmm. Um, things like risking speaking up mm-hmm. uh, are hard, but yeah. I push through. Yeah. So you can see how walking through this exercise mm-hmm. with all of the different little questions that are asked could really help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have had to ask myself as I've looked back, did I, do I still value the opinions of those people? Mm. Right. <laughs> Not really. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why am I putting such weight on it? Right. Why do we put ourselves in the box? That's right. You know? Yeah. No, that's great. That's a great um, tip for mm-hmm. our um, listeners and viewers. Um, you know, I'm going to add a therapeutic tip to that in that, um, and, and, you know, for some of you, you like that sort of... Um, you know, a little bit more of a follow the steps in yeah. structured way. Uh, but for those of you who are even struggling to get to that place of like, I don't even know if I can think about that. I want you to start with, as you were listening to Jillian's story and you were starting to feel compassion for her and you were picturing her as that little girl and, you know, experiencing those um, hurtful comments I want you to be able to put yourself in the shoes of yourself as a little child and feel compassion for whatever hurts. At this point, don't worry about identifying what they were right now, but just let yourself feel compassion because belonging also has to be you belonging to yourself. Yeah. It has to include self-acceptance. It has to include 
being willing to be um, empathetic towards your own broken bits. So start with that. And um, if you can, um, you know, invite a good friend into that. If you can't, that's okay. If you're a spiritual person, invite God into that. Um, But just let yourself do that. And then start to think about these questions. Um, How has trying to fit in hampered your sense of belonging and self-acceptance? And just think on that for a little bit. So, yeah. So thanks for um, sharing, Jillian. You're getting so like so great at being vulnerable. I know that's been your big fear, especially as an eight. But honestly, listeners, folks, she doesn't fight me too hard (laughs) on it. She's, she's, she's It doesn't gain me anything if I fight you. Yeah, true. You get me to do things anyway. So why not just go, okay. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. Just, just go with it. So thanks for tuning in. Um, Thank you, listeners and viewers. We we love to hear from you. So uh, please keep sending us those messages. And if there's any topics also that are, um, you know, of interest to you, let us know that as well. Um, so hey, and, hey, and listeners and yeah. viewers, we've gone from two YouTube subscribers to like nine. Yes. We've more than tripled our audience in just there a couple of weeks. Go. So it's you so might exciting. want to check us out on YouTube if, if you want to see us <laughs> and what we're doing. And, and by the way, you got to hear some of our conversations where we're like, oh, shoot, I got something in my teeth or shoot, my hair is sticking up. And you know, Okay, That's us being so brave. full disclosure, full disclosure, <laughs> the last time we recorded, Mary had once told me that she had this super lipstick and <laughs> I should get it. And it's like Revlon, out, Outlast, out all day, whatever. And it's two things. So it's like a lip stain and then it's like a lip... Um, like a bomb or something. Like a chapstick kind of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I put it on before we recorded but I didn't have the thingy to go over it while we were recording. So I kept doing things with my <laughs> lips. And I was so self-conscious when I watched it back. I'm like, oh my goodness. But I reached out to Mary and I said, I want to let you know, I'm, I, I'm calling myself on this. <laughs> and she said to me, do you want to re-record? I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you have arrived, sister. <laughs> and actually, the funny thing is, I didn't even notice it until you pointed it out. Then I'm well, like, of course, staring at the screen. Anyway, so, yeah. So tune in to our YouTube channel and you get to see us in all of our glory. <laughs> uh, so great to see you, Jillian. And you thanks too. for tuning in. We'll see Take you care, all later. Take, Take care, care, viewers. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.